Now, um, the, uh, also we do, we do have today the, I think the biggest panel ever in the history of Capital Link, which is quite a, a challenge. Uh, I'll start by introducing you to my distinguished uh, panelists. Uh, first and foremost is Ms. Anne van Riel. Anne heads uh, the Sustainable Financial Capital Markets in Americas for BMP Paribas. Next to her is Apostolos Gujinis, who is uh, a Milbank himself. And then after that is uh, Vasilis Kotsiros, who heads uh, the Capital Market and Structure Finance Division of the National Bank of Greece. Uh, after this, you m meet uh, Mr. Dimitris Chakonas, uh, a legendary speaker, if I may say, for Capital Link, uh, who uh, is the Director General of the Public Debt Management Agency. And not last but not least is Ms. Cleo Limberis, who is the Group Treasurer for the, pub, uh, power, uh, sorry, the, uh, the, power, uh, the Public Power Corporation. The public debt in, in Greece uh, rises its beginning since the establishment of the Greek state after the Greek Revolution, that is back in 1821. Uh, it was actually the 9th February of 1824 when Greece received the first loan of total amount of 800,000 pounds uh, from an institution in UK. During the years, the European allies have often offered their resources for the restructure of the Greek economy. The idea and the mentality of public lending and public debt lies therefore in the basis of our latter history. Since uh, soon enough, the mentality was spread between private transactions as well, following the tendencies and customs of other economies until the huge bubble of uh, external lending that threatened the sustainability of the state itself. Greece uh, is not alone on this matter. According to IMF, the world's public debt fell from 100% of GDP in 2020 to 92% of GDP in 2022, supported by strong real GDP growth, uh, inflation surprises, and the withdrawal of fiscal support measures related to the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. However, global public debt is projected to rise again beginning 2023, according to the uh, IMF Global Debt Database and April 2023 World Economic Outlook Database. Therefore, the question that arises is how would any economy thrive and wealth may be produced in the state itself uh, that has open uh, feelings in, to pay. Uh, we are gathered here among uh, very exceptional speakers, ex experts on the global market uh, to enlighten us with their knowledge and perspective. Let me now give the, the, the floor to Anne, and you may start. Hi everyone and uh, good morning. And as you've heard uh, from previous speakers in the other room, there's a lot of focus uh, by Greece on uh, investments uh, in the energy transition and decarbonizing its main industries, including shipping. Um, in that context, there is a lot of capital available with a specific ESG focus or sustainability focus. Um, in the view of BMP, there's a lot of opportunities that the market will bring in, the, in this context. Uh, within Europe, there's 50% of assets under management currently with some focus on sustainability in, in the Article 8 and 9 funds under the EU taxonomy. And all that money will chase investments uh, that are geared towards either energy transition or other aspects of sustainability. 
So far, we've seen several Greek issuers coming to market with uh, ESG-labeled bonds, whether it's you know, the utilities uh, with, with sustainable linked bonds or uh, the financials, the banks with green bonds. Those have all been received very successfully, and that market will only continue to diversify across different sectors. Um, also, while we await the sovereign uh, to come to market with a potential green bond, we think that um, in the meantime, ESG directions um, will be financed by the corporations, and um, we expect uh, more activity in this market. Thank you. Great. Uh, so, Mr. Takunas, would you share with us the, the challenges and the topics of the sovereign from debt so far? Can I speak? Yeah, you can hear me. First of all, as far as the lens and door lens and target that you mentioned before, I think that you discovered that I'm too old, indeed. <laughs> Shortly, I will be 60 years old, but I feel like a teenager. I hope that this is not going to be misunderstood by my wife. Um, yeah, challenges, a lot. But uh, let me start by saying, yes, we delivered. As far as the targets that have been set since 2009-2010, uh, we have delivered. But the mission hasn't been accomplished yet. The mission is to be back to normality, and for me the definition is to be back to the A-plus levels as we used to be almost a decade ago when we decided to jump from the roof. Um, it took a lot of time, but after the implementation of three fiscal adjustment programs, consecutive ones and tough ones, finally Greece, I used to say in the past and I still believe in this, is a machine that produces primary surpluses. The most concrete proof of this is that this year's primary surplus in actual terms, i.e. In, in cash terms, which is, really, which is something that really matters as far as the funding strategy and the gross financing needs is concerned, initially was 1.6, 1.7 billion. It was revised by 1 billion more, and the final outcome will exceed 4 billion. Uh, next year's primary surplus will be close to 6.9 billion, again in actual terms. And given the fact that our uh, annual actual interest payments for a long period of time from now till a decade at least, ahead will be close to 5 billion. This year was 4.8 billion. Next year will be once again 4.8 billion. The next mission that should be accomplished, which is a very ambitious one, is the net debt finger being reduced gradually. Net debt means general government debt, the outstanding amount, minus the general government entities cash reserves. If this happens, if this will happen, most probably it will be an impressive outcome and you will see a lot of positive reactions in the, both the, the primary and secondary market of GDBs. But it remains to be seen. Once again, check my consistency of what is going to happen in the next two or three years. Now, challenges as far as the funding strategy. We have a challenge. In this uh, environment with a lot of, um, uh, let's say, a, a very high net debt figure, um, unfortunately, Greece has the challenge not having gross financing needs for the next year after the early repayment that will take, take place on 15th of December, i.e. in the next two to three days. Uh, and the LME that took place back in July, we reduced by 3.5 billion the, the, the gross financing needs, having in mind that the primary surplus will fully cover 
the annual interest payments, then the remaining amortizations, which constitute, constitute the gross financing needs for next year, is an amount 3 to 3.5 billion. So my challenge is how to find space for funding activity, especially in, the, in, in a global environment in Eurozone 1, that the, the, free, the, the net issuance will exceed the half of a trillion amount euros. In this context, we need to find space, as I mentioned before, for funding activity. So most probably, we will continue, first of all, to proceed with early repayments of, uh, of uh, either official sector debt or private sector, i.e. bonds, <coughs> or we're going to proceed once again with liability management exercises in the context of swap, bond swap that we have already done, or, which is most probably the first step, which, due to the fact that it's, it is the easiest one, we are going to start reducing uh, the outstanding amount of the bills gradually from 12 billion, perhaps initially to 10, 9, 8, 7. This most probably, probably will lead to a steepening of the yield curve. We call it a healthy one, i.e. by reducing the short part of the yield curve instead of increasing the long end. As far as the spreads is concerned, we have seen this historical low levels. Uh, after, I'm referring to the last 10, 12 years period. If you ask me if, if there will be any kind of, uh, of how can I say, uh, correction, it depends on investors' appetite. But on the other side, no effect, no side effect uh, is going to be faced by the Hellenic public as far as funding strategy is concerned due to the deterioration of PPP or the QT. On the contrary, I would, suggest, I, would uh, I tend to believe that this will facilitate our secondary markets operation and, uh, and uh, will uh, most probably inject indirectly liquidity to the secondary market. Uh, and uh, I assume that this should be our target for the next years, as I mentioned before, i.e. to find space for issuance activity, to provide supply here and there by injecting liquidity to various points of the maturity spectrum that we have realized that there are distortions, and to uh, incorporate another maturity, new maturity points across the yield curve. In this context, and given the fact that we have done a lot, we, we used to have a proactive debt management, i.e. I can reassure you that for the next decade, as I mentioned before, interest payments will not exceed the five billion amount, more or less, actual interest payments. What is going to happen after 2032, which is something like uh, a rumor, a leak, uh, or a fear that uh, everybody afraids of uh, what is going to happen after 2032, most probably a year will follow the 2033 without facing any problem. Why? Because the only thing that is going to take place is an increase by one approximately billion of the annual actual interest payments due to uh, uh, the fact that the so-called deferral of interest payments agreement will come to its end, but nothing else will happen since everything has been taken into account into our DSA, debt sustainability analysis. Our debt sustainability analysis is extremely conservative, uses extremely conservative assumptions, more con much more conservative compared to official sector ones. Uh, so. I'm pretty confident that the debt sustainability will be there. It is here, there is here, will be there, and no nasty surprises will be provided by our size. 
in a nutshell, we are done with the numerator of our problem, i the debt. Now everybody should be concentrated to the denominator, the growth, the economic growth. I'm pretty confident that as my job now has become a kind of um, piece of cake due to the fact that we have in place a government uh, uh, market-friendly, market-oriented that delivers uh, with uh, consistency and continuity. I'm pretty confident that for the next decade, as I mentioned before, nothing is going to happen. And as far as the debt sustainability will be much better compared to our uh, conservative baseline assumption and scenario. Uh, may I ask a question, uh, Mr. Chakona? Yes, please. On the debt sustainability, uh, I, I hope I can. Please I do, can please do. Feel free. Um, I have. There is. There is definitely a couple of actuarial reports out there on the longer term. Uh, regarding uh, potential unfunded pension liabilities that skyrocket after 2030, 2032. Uh, do, do, do your projections include uh, uh, pension contributions that will have to be funded by the central government? Thank you for the question. Um, due to the, although we are not the competent authority, on the other side we have created a lot of buffers, let me put it that way, or uh, translating, let's say, what we used to say a, a decade, two, two decades ago, wide holes in our, in our assumptions as far as the debt sustainability is concerned. First of all, we haven't followed 100% the assumptions as far as the primary surplus for the next 40 years. By the way, 40 years is the time horizon of our DSA. Uh, as uh, uh, the assumptions have been used by European institutions, i.e., Instead of saying that we're going to deliver 2.1, 2.2, 2 2.3% on average primary surpluses, we have uh, assumed that the primary surplus should be equal to the actual annual interest payments. If you do your own calculation, you, may, uh, you will be in a position to find how conservative is our assumption. <laughs> One uh, concrete element of this conservatism is that our outcome in 2060, as far as the debt-to-GDP ratio is 45%, compared to 25, which is the outcome of European institutions. The second white hole that we have created is how we have treated the so-called guarantees, both those that uh, uh, were granted due to the Hercules scheme or those that uh, we call them as legacy ones. So of the overall envelope of 31 billion of both guarantees granted due to Hercules or uh, to those that comes from the vast past, we have assumed that 43% of this amount, close to 13 billion, is going to be called in the next couple of years, i.e. from 2023 to 2030. Uh, please take a look on the others' DSA, if they have incorporated even one penny, one euro, one cent, one cent uh, as a guarantee, potential guarantee called. The third is the so-called uh, uh, RRF loans. Although we have disbursed close to 5.3, 5.2 billion of RRF loans, we haven't, and we have incorporated them to our debt, we haven't incorporated on the other side the asset, i.e. the loans that we lend through the banking system on a pari pari basis to bankable enter uh, enterprises and companies. And last but not least, as far as the funding costs, future funding costs of the Hellenic Republic for the next 40 years. We have fully 
followed the conservative or the mainline scenario, the, main, the basic scenario of European institutions. According to this scenario, our new cost of funding for the next 40 years on average will be 4.1%. This has two components. 200 basis points is the so-called spread versus bund, 10-year bund, and 2.1 is the 10-year bund on average. Please take a look on, uh, on, on spreads. As we speak right now, GGBs are 1.2%, 1.1%, 1 1.15% versus GDP. Uh, by incorporating 200 basis points, you may understand that uh, we, have, uh, we have taken into account extremely conservative assumptions. All this to say that although we haven't been focused on uh, the so-called uh, aging population problem, by creating, by incorporating all these extremely conservative assumptions, we have created the so-called, as I mentioned before, wide holes in order to face all these side effects that may come due either the aging population or the green transmission or uh, additional expenditures due to defense uh, in order to, 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 to develop, let's say, our defense, etc., etc. I, I do realize that I haven't answered straight to your question, but in any case, I think that uh, I can provide a lot of confidence by providing you all these pieces of information that I've just done. Well, thank you for another legendary thesis. Uh, before giving the floor to Mr. Vasilis Kocheras, let me introduce and welcome Morvan Jones of Nemura. Morvan, welcome. Uh, so, Vasili, let us hear you about what MBG feels like these days. Thank you. Uh, first of all, it is a great pleasure being here again. I started visiting this panel in 2017, and back then, when you had to talk about how the Greek banks would reaccess the debt capital markets, it looked like a Herculean process. Uh, but in 2023, we can say that <coughs> we're experiencing a whole new world. I've been, a, let's say, a child of the crisis. I left London in 2009 after the global financial crisis. I came to Greece, always a crisis. This year I'm struggling a little bit to see how it is to operate in a normalized environment. It's not that bad, actually. But um, we have to say that the Greek uh, system was always within the Eurozone, but always it was in different directions. What I mean, in 2007 and 2008, when it was a global financial crisis, Greek banks were receiving deposits from the Swiss banks. We were, uh, let's say, one of the few jurisdictions that we haven't been touched by the global financial crisis. In 2015, when the Eurozone was announcing the QE, we were announcing capital controls. So, totally different periods, and some of these periods we are at the peak, and let's say the rest of the world is uh, not in a great shape. But the majority of the times we were, let's say, the outlier in a negative way. This period we are on the positive uh, side. We are uh, one of the best, in my view, financial sectors across Europe. Due to the fact that we missed all the years of the expansion and the low credit and uh, uh, cheap money to the market, we have managed to make a much more robust uh, economical system, plus that the banks have balance sheets that they benefit from this environment of the 
let's say, normalized rates. For me, I don't think that we are experiencing a world of high rates. 4%, it was what the rate used to be back in 2008. It's not that far away. So Greek banks, having a balance sheet where the asset side is mainly uh, afloated uh, form, our, no, our loans and our bonds that they are um, hedged, and on the other side, that our liability side is full of retail deposits. Retail deposits that the majority of the European big banks were trying to um, decrease from their liabilities because they were punitive in the era of the negative rates. Greek banks are full of them and uh, we make a very good return for our shareholders. That was not only the best thing could happen, uh, could happen in 2023. We had finally the rating agencies coming out of a hypnosis, in my view, especially opposite to the financial sector, and the one after the other competing, who is going to upgrade Hellenic Republic to IG first, and then who is going to upgrade the Greek banks. And that uh, created an euphoria that a lot of the investors that at the past, who were not as part of their mandate due to the rating constraints. Now they are looking at us and still we look more uh, cheap versus other European uh, banking uh, peers. Not only that, the Emerald target that used to look very improbable to be achieved at the end of 2025, now it is on a totally different verge because First, we create big profitability and uh, CT1 through our uh, organic profitability as banks, and that effectively reduces the amounts of efficiencies we need to do. Second, with the Basel 4 moving to 2026, we don't need by the end of 2025 to readjust our risk-weighted uh, assets. And the Greek system has shown that in 2022, which was one of the most volatile years over the last decade, we issued 3 billion in total throughout uh, the four Greek systemic banks. This year we issued 3.5 billion in much better rates though. Although that the rates have increased, our rates uh, and the coupons we pay decrease. So we have definitely managed to make a financial sector that can manage accessing the capital markets as I would say any other within the Eurozone jurisdictions. And this is uh, a big success. My only consideration going forward is that it comes a point where you are very close to get the investment grade as banks, but you don't have it yet. And on the other side, you are becoming priced like an investment grade. That creates an anomaly. As the investors that used to buy you, now you look expensive. And the ones that they want to buy you, they can't till you get the investment grade. So I hope that if we manage this last obstacle, uh, everything uh, at this point seems much, much more optimistic. Thank you. Thank you so much for this in-depth approach. So let me give the floor now to Ms. Cleo Limberis so that we can hear Thank the options you. and the views of our public power corporation. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to, I, I'm really honored to be here. Um, I'd like to thank 
uh, Olga and Nicolas Bordeaux is for uh, having the the um, the passion and the longevity to continue this um, conference over the last 25 years. Um, I moved to Greece 20 years ago and half of that has been during the Greek crisis so it's it's very nice to have come full circle and to to be able to speak to investors in the context of an investment grade country. Before before I speak with about PPC uh, Public Power Corporation, which is the largest uh, utility in in the country, I just wanted to give some context, which Vasily so helpfully gave in the context of the Greek banks, but to give some high, some some historical perspective of what the Greek corporates. Um, had to endure over the last 10 years. And I think what they accomplished is, is a, an important testament to where Greece is today. Ten, uh, Greek corporates have been active in the debt capital markets uh, actually for, for the last 10 years. And they were in the context of the Greek crisis and having no access to capital from the Greek banks the state being bankrupt, Greek corporates had to adjust and become more extroverted. They had to not rely on the, on the Greek state and had to redesign their whole business plans and become more extroverted. That has created a population of managers that are extremely resilient. Volatility became the new normal for us over the last 10 years. So the volatility in the global markets is something that is pretty much a daily issue for us. So therefore, I think someone who's looking at Greece today in the context of the investment grade should be very confident that whatever investment is made, the people running the show can handle you know, any weekend um, surprise, any volatility that may come as a surprise in, in, uh, in, in the strategy. We've, we've built in so much resilience that I think that is something that we don't get enough credit for. In addition, in 2013 and 14, the Greek corporates made a foray into the, into the capital markets that was unforeseen. We challenged the status quo of trying to um, convince the rating agencies that even if you're in a bankrupt country, it doesn't mean that your company is bankrupt. And in fact, we not only convinced them, but we managed to convince rating agencies that certain companies were worthy of a credit rating above the country that they are domiciled in. At the time, that was completely, um, it was something that the that Greek corporates accomplished, and that was something very new for the rating agencies. And our boldness, and of course I shouldn't, re I'd be remiss to not say that especially international banks that continued to be in the country despite the crisis do deserve a lot of merit here because they knew, had the on, on the ground context and experience to know which corporates to support. PPC in 2014 was one of those companies. We did our first foray into the debt capital markets in the high yield space successfully. And of course, um, I'm sure I won't pay the, the, the picture of what happened afterwards, but we did go through a, a period of 
extreme volatility and, and, and uh, severe distress, similar to, to the country's um, narrative as well. With the new management team, in three, two years ago, we, in the span of two years, we raised over four billion euros of capital, in not only in the debt space, but in the equity space, in M&As, and two securitization programs with very high quality investors. How did we do that? It's not unsimilar to what um, other corpus had done during the crisis. We showed credibility, we showed boldness, we, we delivered on what we said, um, we convinced investors that they had to take a le leap of faith in light of what had already been accomplished in the last one and a half years of the new management team coming to BBC. And we had two inaugural ratings in 2021 with the support of the Greek banks and our partners where we were six times oversubscribed. We had an investor base, an international investor base of over 70% international investors, long only investors that were convinced of our energy transition, of our commitment to decarbonize. And this was something that was a historical record in the Greek market. Today, we, in 2023, we, have, we continue to have a very robust and very um, ambitious CapEx plan of over 9 billion through 2026. Over 70% is between renewables and the distribution uh, business. We expect around five, uh, five, five gigawatts of projects to be in, in the renewable space. And therefore, our reliance on diversified capital sources is something that is extremely important. And we continue to look across the spectrum of our capital structure we are very excited and in the light of the investment grade upgrade, we feel that the investor universe will, will further grow. We, we don't consider it, um, given where we are in our size and our already our, our investor base is very strong, we expect that investors will be looking at along our capital structure on the equity side, on the debt side, we will be repeat issuers, as you can imagine, the Greek banking market certainly cannot absorb the amount, the capacity of CapEx that we have of a nine billion CapEx program. So we remain um, very committed to our strategy. We are, we, we do feel that growth without partnerships is, is not possible and, and you will see that, that we've done that in, in, in various ways. And in addition, the as the ambassador, I mean, as the, as um, uh, Mr. Pyatt mentioned earlier uh, about the, the Southern Gas Corridor, it's something that is extremely important for the energy transition and where we need to um, provide some risk management effects to, to manage our pricing exposure in Greece. We do see prices coming down as we execute on our renewables program. And just generally, our Balkan expansion is something that we expect will be managing that transition. Well, thank you, Cleo, for this. It was quite enlightening. Uh, so let, let us hear from Nomura now with Morvan Jones, 
What do they think about this? Are we indebted or not? Uh, thank you very much, um, and uh, it's, it's great to be here uh, again, um, and uh, I think it's great to be here at the end of, of 23, which I think really has been a defining, uh, a defining moment for, uh, for Greece with the, um, with the investment grade <coughs> rating. Um, I, I'm in slightly in a position where I'm, my, my response is to, to all I've heard before is I sort of agree with everyone, um, because um, I, I think um, you know, it, it has been a very, very good year. Uh, for Greece in, in many ways, but may, perhaps maybe just to try and pull a few of the, of the comments to, uh, together. Um, I think it's worth reflecting that it's, it's easy to look back, back on 23 as a, as, a, as a great year for Greece, but um, it hasn't always been that way, um, as, um, as many will, here will, uh, will know. And um, I think that really uh, the, the output uh, of this year is built on many years of, of hard work. And I think the word that does come to mind, and again, it's mentioned by, by Cleo earlier, um, is credibility. And um, you know, it's one thing um, to look at the performance of, uh, of Greek uh, credit spreads this year or, or interest rates, um, as, as, uh, as Vasilis was saying, and, and, and say, well, it's, it's been based on a, a trade, if you like, that people have been betting on the... Um, on, on, on the, uh, the, the upgrade to investment grade. But I think more importantly, it's really been built on uh, many years of establishing credibility, not just with the, with the sovereign, obviously the sovereign leads the way, but also with the, uh, with the banking sector and the, um, the corporate sector. And I do think that going forward, um, uh, a very solid foundation has been built in the eyes of international investors. Uh, around the Greek credit story. And again, I think just listening to many of the speeches this morning, I mean, you sense the energy, the vibrancy, uh, and, uh, and everything that is going on um, in Greece, uh, the number of projects that are going on. I mean, you really feel there is a lot of substance underpinning um, the, uh, the performance of many of the issuers um, this, uh, this year. Uh, I think looking ahead, because this is about challenges and, and, and opportunities going forward, uh, I think given the, uh, the strong credit story, and let's not forget that, that the, back, the overall market backdrop is actually quite challenging, uh, whether it's economic or whether it's geopolitical, uh, but I do think that Greece is shining through uh, among investors uh, who have really understood the, um, the credit story very well. I think for the, for the sovereign actually, um, as, as Dimitri uh, mentioned, but perhaps not as directly, I think uh, the, the challenge for the sovereign is less about raising money, uh, but it's, more, it's going to be more about maintaining liquidity um, in, the, um, in the yield curve and ensuring that there is a, an active, liquid, uh, actively traded market in Greek debt. That is going to be very, very important uh, going forward. I think with the banks, again, um, obviously there's still some upside there, I'm sure, um, but again, you're seeing um, how the banks have established a real foothold um, in the markets internationally. And I think, Vasilis, you'll correct me if, if I'm wrong here, but I, I think if you look at most of the uh, bank issues that have come to the market this year, at least 70% of, uh, of the allocation of bonds has gone to international investors. And so nobody can, say, um, nobody can say that this is really based on the, um, on the domestic market. Again, staying with the banking sector, if you look at where uh, some of the banks are trading, they're actually trading um, at spreads which are uh, tighter than some of their peers in, uh, in Portugal and Spain, and also, of course, higher-rated peers. I think, Morvin, that we, have one, we would never be able to base our funding plans for Emerald 
on the domestic demand. We are not like Italy. We are not such a developed jurisdiction in terms of uh, asset managers, pension funds, etc. So we had to do it with the international investor base, and I think that this is correctly what you pointed out. And, and then finally, I, again, I, I think from the perspective of supply clear, I think the um, you know if you look at the at the corporate sector, I mean, we really haven't had any um, international. Uh, supply from the uh, the corporates, I think, this year in any uh, size, and so again, I think that investors are going to be very keen to see you uh, back in the market when you uh, when you need the investment dollars. All right. Well, thank you so much. So we have last but not least address the floor to Mr. Apostolos Gudzinis, so he can hear his views. Apostolos, you know that the fate of the, the last ones, you have to to talk. Speedily and in a lot of realms. Yeah, I think I think it's safer to be between the the bear and its cubs than between lunch and uh, and an audience. Uh, so I have about 45 seconds uh, to cover the impact of uh, the international credit markets on the ability of of Greek corporates to finance their operations. It's 30 seconds actually, but um, sorry. A couple of remarks from from myself. I think I think. Um, the investment. I, I, you know, if you if you are a treasurer today, in a in a Greek corporate, um, what should be on your mind? Uh, maybe I can just give uh, five passing remarks on on the ability of uh, or the opportunity of a Greek corporate or any particular challenges, in no particular order. Obviously, interest rates have risen about 500 basis points in the eurozone from historically low levels, and and the fact that the policy rate has gone up plus the additional margin, it means that uh, the, the, the European credit markets have experienced a, a huge dislocation. That has been an opportunity for uh, fixed income investors to rebalance, if you like, their interest. And for the first time in, in many years, fixed income investing has become uh, a, you know, a, a significantly more liquid market than before. This, has, this, this trend, as interest rates stabilize uh, into next year, if not, uh, you know, not, if, 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 if not going down, I think will uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll give an opportunity to uh, corporate balance sheets to, to consider their, their financing plans. There is about three, three, three uh, trillion of corporate debt in the eurozone to be refinanced in the next in the next five years. Uh, that's that's a lot of refinancing. I think a lot of corporate treasurers dealt with their balance sheets in the years of plenty, 2020, 2021. So actually, contrary to popular belief, uh, most strong European credits are fully financed for the foreseeable future. Uh, but obviously, it you know it it is a it is a new environment. I think uh, if you talk to the rating agencies, just to get a, a little bit of a um, perspective from uh, when things go wrong, credit defaults are rising. So it, this is across Europe, in particular sectors that are energy, energy consuming, particularly energy consuming, as well as sectors that, that perhaps uh, have suffered from some uh, COVID-related trends like consumer or retail. So definitely true that defaults are rising. Corporate defaults are rising across all um, uh, all credit rating classes, particularly in the high yield space. 
So uh, it, it, is, it is definitely true that financial conditions will not, will not, are not benign and will not be benign. What does this mean for our practical, theoretical CFO or treasurer? It means that maintaining diversity of funding sources is key. I think what Clio is doing with PPC is a good example. You know, they, they have access to the Greek banks, having established a trusted relationship over decades. They have access to multilaterals. They have access to the international high yield market. They, potentially, they have access to the local Greek capital market. You know, and, and, they, and I think Clio is probably getting three pitches a day from credit funds, direct lenders, and sort of institutional investors, you know, potentially opening up another asset class. Uh, that is really uh, how uh, a properly run corporate balance sheet is sort of is looking up in, in 2023, 2024, as we're going into this, in, into the into the new year. It is not it is not an environment that again I won't repeat is that is benign, but at the same time there is ample liquidity and and uh, assuming that the business and the operational aspect of the business performs, they will they will always be uh, credit available to good companies with uh, reasonable balances. Okay, great. That was fast. Uh, are there any questions from, uh, from the audience? Go ahead, please. Hi, thanks so much. Maybe just a quick question to my good friend, Dimitri Tsakonas. Um, Greece has now left the Below IG Club, and what I was wondering is, what challenges does this bring for you as a debt manager? Of course, the peers are now different. The benchmarking markets and other credit assessors will do is different. Of course, you mentioned we're looking up, but what does this mean now for Greece being in that, in that IG club again, where it has to not just compete, but really look up to other countries? Are we gonna be judged more harshly now than being the, let's say, the top kid in the below IG club? Thanks. Yes, the answer is yes. I. Although we changed, now we belong to the so-called Premier League. Not forget that we are, we belong, to, we are to the bottom of this league. That means that, um, you know, why? I'm just thinking loudly. Why someone um, to buy, let's say, GGBs instead of um, uh, BTPs or others, take into account how? that the whole yield, uh, Greek yield curve is inside Italy, 50, 60 basis points. What I'm waiting is uh, most probably due to the net supply that uh, will be provided next year. This will be the challenge for all the Eurozone partners. Uh, most probably a widening of the spreads will take place, not only of Greek spreads, all the periphery versus uh, Germany. Uh, in this context, but again, this is a bet, uh, it, and it remains to be seen if uh, this will be the case, I'm pretty confident that our spread will be uh, wi wider compared to the today's level, but the widening will be slightly less compared to others. Why? For the reasons that I mentioned before. My problem is mainly to find space for funding activity. It's a good problem to have. Usually we had the opposite problem. A lot of needs, nobody wanting, uh, lending us money. Now we have, let's say, gross financing needs that for the next 40 years will not exceed 5% of GDP. Compared to our beloved neighbors, 
as we speak right now, they have 20% of, of their GDP gross financing needs, and the average in Eurozone is 10% of GDP. But still, a lot of challenges, indeed. Uh, the good thing is that the gross financing needs should be increased up to the levels that the newcomers, either the passive investors, indices, etc., etc., or gradually new investors that will be gradually more familiar with the GGB story, with the Greece, the Greek story and the GGB's, the GGB market. Uh, we are here in order to follow and to satisfy investors' appetite. Once again, our funding strategy will be investors and market-oriented. Nothing uh, spectacular, nothing uh, that will provide nasty surprises to anybody. On the contrary, most probably positive surprises will be provided by our side. Okay, okay. So it's time. I'm sorry, it's, there's always time restraints. Thank you for listening to us today and hopefully we're going to see you next year. Thank you so much. Okay.